You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. Hey, welcome back to the channel. Today I'm going to be sharing five habit swaps that you can make to get started with minimalism in 2024. So if you're new to this whole world of minimalism and clutter-free living and simplifying, and you're thinking, you know what, I could use a little more of that in my life in 2024, if that's one of the directions you're hoping to head in, well, then this is for you. And if you've been here for a while and you've been listening to minimalist YouTubers and podcasters for years, then maybe this is a great time for a beginner refresher. Sometimes it helps to go back to the beginning and just get back in on the basics. So here we go. Let's dive into five habit swaps to live a more minimalist life in 2024. Number one is to curate over collect. So when you curate, you're actively participating in the things that you fill your home with. You're selecting things because they mean something to you or they have a great functionality or you just really love interacting with that item, whether it's a face lotion or a fork. So I understand both mindsets because I used to be a little bit of a collector myself. I've shared before that I was a thrift shop junkie. Like in my 20s, I loved going thrift shopping and just coming back with just hauls of clothes. And the more that I was able to get for the amount of money, like a big bag for 20 bucks, the more I felt like I was winning some kind of a challenge. It was exciting and it brought like a little bit of a thrill, a little bit of a game or a challenge. And it made me happy for a brief moment. And then of course, we all know what happens in the end later on, you stop wearing half of the things you bought because they were cheap or they were already stained or you know they didn't fit and things just start toppling out of control and you end up with a messy space that you're not excited about. So when I started shifting over to living a minimalist life, I still wanted that excitement. I still wanted that challenge. And so what happened for me is that the challenge just morphed into something else. I was no longer challenged by how many things that I could buy for the cheapest amount of money. I was instead challenged by how awesome my capsule-ish wardrobe could look. You know, I was excited by the clothes that I actually owned each individual item. And so it's just really a shift in the thing that you allow to bring you joy. I get excited about gorgeous functional spaces now. Like even just looking at pictures of gorgeous functional spaces gives me a little bit of a thrill. And it feels the same as the thrill that I used to get by budget shopping. The trick to being successful with curating and selecting and having a line of products or a line and collection of items that is just perfect for you is to really listen to yourself and pay attention to your data, the things that you've actually used in the past. We've all bought things that we ended up not loving, no matter how wonderful the rave reviews were or how pricey and high quality the item was. And then gone back over a year or two later and tried it all over again, thinking like, well, maybe this time it's actually going to work for me. That's how we end up with like five or six different types of face moisturizers and three different facial serums. And, you know, everything is promising either the fountain of youth or the next 15 pounds shaved. But track your data, pay attention and don't let the marketing trick your mind into thinking something that you already know isn't the case for you. Along that same line, number two is to select 
over sift. So we talk about curating is kind of done through a process of selecting, selecting the things to choose. This one is a little more for me personally, like on my journey toward living with less and decluttering and going through all of these different processes and even helping to teach other people to go through these processes. What I found to be really easy and beneficial and keep my brain in the right track is to select from the clutter, the things that I want to keep, as opposed to focusing on all of the individual random pieces of clutter, selecting over just sifting. And I know that confuses a lot of people, but really, like I will literally get a placeholder bin, dump everything from a drawer into this placeholder bin, and then pick out, like cherry pick the things that I want to put back. And it's great because that lets me start fresh with whatever that drawer or cabinet is. I can like clean it out, vacuum it, wipe it down. But then I'm also being very specific about where I want things to be located. I'm not having to shuffle stuff around. And what happens when you're focusing all of the stuff that you don't really want that you're sifting through is you get distracted and you get overwhelmed and you start rationalizing with yourself. Like, oh, what is this? Oh yeah, that's what that is. You didn't even know what it was, right? And now you're thinking of like, oh, well, I might need that in the future someday when this specific situation happens and you start concocting all of these stories and all of these reasons or all of this guilt, you know, about why it's wasteful and wrong to get rid of something that's perfectly fine. It's all a distraction. It's all just like a big mirage distraction keeping you from the intent, which is to create a space that's curated for you, a space that you love and that feels amazing. All of the other stuff is just noise. So while I'm not saying to literally put on blinders and not pay attention to the things that you're getting rid of or where they're going, I am saying maybe at least put up some walls, shield wall, right, of the uh, the emotional validity that you're allowing yourself to give each and every one of the things that you're going through and keep your eye on the ball. The third habit swap that's going to bring you into a more minimalist lifestyle is to wish list over splurging. You know when you're splurging, you know when you popped onto Amazon and you found the thing that you weren't actually looking for, you know, or when you're in the store and something is on display and you're like, well, that's not what I came for. Instead of splurging, develop a habit of wish listing, wish listing items. I have so many wish lists. My daughters have so many wish lists. My oldest daughter, my 17 year old, has like five different wish lists. One's for like her college wish list, her car wish list of things she'd like for her car, you know, Christmas wish lists, all the different things. Uh, and so we've definitely incorporated that into our systems here in the household so that whenever I see something that I like, I don't have to feel like I'm making the decision right there. I can put it on the wish list. I can see if I want it later. You know, I can collect all the items that I want in my wish list and I'm doing no harm. If anything, I have ideas next time somebody asks me what I want and I'm drawing a blank, you know, I can pull up my wish list. So it really has a lot of functions. The biggest, of course, being that you're making more intentional purchases. You're giving yourself one sec. I have this app on my phone now. Whenever I go to certain applications that I tend to, to go to and to go down rabbit holes in and just waste time in. So whenever I click them, now I have this app that makes me take a deep breath and then exhale. Like it, it's literally called one sec, the app is, and it makes me pause. That's what you're doing when you wish list. You're taking a pause. You're forcing yourself to Take that space because we all need a little bit of space to make appropriate decisions sometimes. The habit of seeking, investing in, and idealizing experiences over 
things. Now, you know, I think that there is some balance to this. There are occasions when we need things and those things do help to enrich our lives. But when you realign your visions and the things that you're working toward and the things that you get excited about with experiences over things, not only does it last longer because an experience can take time to plan, you can really just like dig into it. Um, it can take, you know, weekly time out of your day. So, I mean, an experience could be anything from like joining a gym to taking a big international vacation to taking a hike locally. Like there's so many different things that can be involved in experiences. And so you can really clock more hours of enjoyment out of investing in experiences than investing in say a new toy that you're only gonna play with for a certain period of time. Again, there are exceptions. Obviously I use my laptop and my iPhone and my car and my house very regularly. <laughs> you know, knowing yourself and having that self-awareness of the things that you are going to use and get a lot of value of is important. It's all of the other extra frivolous splurges that come up really daily, at least weekly, you know, depending on where you're hanging out online or in person, that when you add all of those up and you total up how much money and how much space and everything that you're attributing to these random frivolous things, that could be going to something that right now you may not even think that you can afford. And the fifth habit swap for a more minimalist life is a classic, and that is to seek quality over quantity. I know that this is really challenging for a lot of people because a lot of things that are quality or are eco-friendly or have good organic ingredients, they tend to be more expensive. I get that. But if you have fewer things and you're allocating the same amount of money to fewer items, then you have the funds there to do that. It's really just all about allocating funds, right? Now, I'm not saying that's always the case. I think that that's one of the reasons that a lot of people bash minimalism is they're like, well, it's just for rich or upper class people or whatever, which I am not, <laughs> I'm not a rich person. But I do think that, you know, part of it is being able to allocate your funds toward fewer things that are higher quality than having more things just for the sake of having more things because you feel like you're winning when you get a couple of things at a discount and you bring home more. On the other hand, you don't even necessarily have to spend more in order to have items that are quality or that are quality to you. It just comes down to what's going to last longer. Sometimes things last longer or are just as good as the expensive version. You know, like I do still thrift. I just don't thrift for large quantities of items just for the sake of doing it. This shirt, the sweater that I'm wearing right now, which I love and I wear it all the time, I thrifted from Plato's Closet. I wear it all the time, but it is also a higher quality material. So you can find higher quality materials and higher quality items in general looking secondhand if you just know what it is that you're looking for and still not be investing a ton of money. You know, 10 years ago, I spent way more than I spend now, but I like my space a lot better now than I ever have. Good luck to you in 2024. If you'd like to access some totally free resources for minimalist living and decluttering, I'll link that down in the description, or you can go to miadanielle.com forward slash freebies. I'll chat with you next week. <laughs>